You're listening to the Being Stellar Podcast, the podcast for modern leaders and entrepreneurs who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease and more prosperity into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth, master teacher and coach, and I am obsessed with helping you avoid burnout while you create a sustainable lifestyle full of possibility and profit on your terms. On the show, you'll hear inspiring stories of possibility, and you'll get empowering strategies and insights from me to support you in creating your stellar life. Well, hello there, stellar friends, and welcome back to the Being Stellar podcast. Today's episode began with the topic business blunders. And as I was preparing to tell you about my business blunders and making a list of them, which will become another episode, I realized that this part of the business blunders topic that uh, really wanted to come forward was hiring an assistant. It's a challenging thing to do when you're a new business owner. It's a challenging thing to do when you're an experienced business owner. And I want to share with you what I've learned along the way, what I have helped my clients do to successfully hire an assistant that really works for them. There's some things you just need to know. Um, You need to know when you're ready to hire an assistant. You need to know when it's too soon and you need to know what to do to get yourself ready and what to do to set that person up for success. And we're going to talk about all of those things today on this episode. And so let's dive in to hiring an assistant. Many of the people that I work with in my private coaching practice are purpose-driven, high-achieving entrepreneurs who are like me, do-it-yourselfers. And often they go for far too long in their businesses doing everything themselves just to save a few bucks. And what happens then is it actually prevent ourselves from growing and scaling because we're not asking for support and setting ourselves up to be supported. So When you're hiring an assistant for your business, there are some things that are important to consider. First of all, their qualifications and their experience. You want to look for somebody who has relevant skills that are uh, and experiences to your industry. And you may also want to consider their communication skills if they're going to be interacting with your clients um, or other employees or team members on a regular basis. And you want to make sure you conduct thorough interviews and ask for references to ensure that the candidate is a good fit for your business. Now, if that all sounded like canned advice, it was. I literally copied it off the internet. And what I find about this kind of advice is that it skips a couple of really, really important steps and actually sets you up for, if not failure, and that at least some really messy experiences. So before you do any of the looking for people with qualifications and checking their communication skills and um, making sure they have relevant experience in your industry. So the first thing you want to do is write a job description, not for the assistant, but for yourself, especially if you're a solopreneur. You want to write your, your own job description and make it a comprehensive list of all the things you are doing, all the things you're currently doing, not just the things you wanna do and the things you like to do, but all the things you're doing. And then I want you to go over that list and put a star 
beside those tasks that are in your zone of genius. Those tasks that you could just be doing them all day long, you'd never get tired or bored, they energize you to do them. Put a star beside those tasks. Once you've done that, you're gonna go over your list again. You can do this simultaneously, I suppose. But you're, you're gonna go through your list again and anything that is in your zone of excellence, I want you to put a check mark beside it, okay? And then you're gonna go through the list again and anything that's in your zone of competence, like you're okay at it, but you'd rather not be doing it, just put a dot beside it. And then finally, anything that's left over that's not in your zone of genius, not in your zone of excellence, and not in your zone of competence, I want you to put a dash or a minus symbol beside it. You see where this is going, right? We're gonna subtract those tasks. And by the way, for those of you who are not familiar with Gay Hendrick's genius zones, that's what I'm drawing from, is from The Big Leap. And I have another podcast on it. I think it's called The Big Leap, actually, or it could be Your Zone of Genius. And in that podcast, I talk about how to know if you are in your zone of genius. And so you can go check that out. We'll actually put a link to that in the show notes so that you can find it. So when you are going through your list of all the things you're currently doing in your business, you're going to mark them off. Zone of genius, zone of excellence, zone of competence, and zone of incompetence. Now, depending on where you're at in your business, if you're just getting started, then there's a likely chance that you're going to have to do a lot of the things when you first get started. And I want to point out that that's also a myth. You don't always have to do everything. There are ways to outsource and delegate and get some support. I like paying people for the work they do, and sometimes if that works for you, you can do a trade um, for services with somebody else who's just getting started, and then you can give each other's testimonials. Um, side note on that, if you're gonna do a trade, I'm really a fan of something that a good friend of mine taught me a few years ago, that rather than doing a trade of services, you agree to a trade and you pay each other. Because ladies, we wanna have the flow of money circulating. You want to give money the message that you're open to receiving it and that you want to participate in its circulation. Okay. And I say ladies, because it tends to be us women who do trades for services. I rarely hear of men trading services. And so if you're going to do that, instead of hiring an assistant, that's just a little side note. I want you to make sure that you're getting paid and you're getting in the habit of receiving money and paying other people for their services. And then you can negotiate, is that an even trade? Um, and have a really open conversation about that. Actually, that's a whole other podcast. I think we'll do that. Anyways, back to today's episode, which is a focus on hiring an assistant. Once you've done your job description, you're now one step closer to hiring an assistant. Because you'll know the things that you don't want to do and that you would like somebody else to do. Now, I find so many people want to skip over this step and there's like they're overwhelmed and they don't know exactly how or where they need support. I did that. I mean, I've done it a couple of times. I've got it dialed in now, but it took me some time to get that figured out of how to hire an assistant and how to delegate accurately. So we'll come back to that in a minute. But 
I find when you're overwhelmed, you're like, I just need help. And then you hire somebody, but you don't know exactly what it is you want them to do. Then you're throwing good money after bad. Okay. Because you're, you're continuing to work with this person. You may not know what to do with them. Some VAs have systems that if you don't use up their hours that month, you're done. I've been there where I, I was working with somebody and if I didn't use up the right amount of hours that I had paid for that month, I lost them. So I actually wasted some money doing that because I didn't quite know how to delegate or what to delegate. And once I hired my coach and got really, really clear on what it was I was trying to create, then I was really clear on what it was that I was doing and needed to be done. I was then able to outsource the things that I just don't want to do. And what I've learned from that process is there's a lot of ways that I was holding myself back in my business because there were tasks that I sure I knew how to do them. I just really didn't want to. And I didn't realize like I couldn't figure out what is my problem? Why don't I want to create an Eventbrite event? I'm not afraid of speaking in public and I'm not afraid of um, of the, the work of preparing for it. And so what is my problem that I just can't bring myself to create an Eventbrite event? And I realized I really just don't like doing the technical stuff. I don't like doing that logistical stuff. And that became something that went on my minus list, right? Like I'm going to take that away. And if you've been watching in the last several months, the last four or five months, you'll notice I'm doing more workshops again because I have a wonderful assistant who does all that setup for me because I really hate doing it. And um, so once I've had, once you've got that description for your job and you know the things you don't want to do, you might think you're ready to hire an assistant. And maybe you are, but first I want to check in on your systems in your business because this is another big mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is that they think I'm just going to hire somebody to make my systems. Now, the problem with that is then they are not your systems and then you've got to learn how to do somebody else's system and there's a likely chance that that person will not be with you forever and ever, amen, to the end of your business. And so you'll have their systems in place and not your own. And if they leave you for whatever reason, you're back to square one because you don't have systems. So when I work with entrepreneurs, one of the first things we look at is how, the, well, after their vision, we get the vision for their business. And then we start looking at how we set up systems as we go. Whether you're brand new in business or you've been in business for a while, you need to be thinking about setting up systems before you think about hiring an assistant to help you. I know it's not the fun part. And, and sometimes if you can, if you're okay to invest in somebody to learn it with you, which is what I eventually did because I found it was really difficult for me to just know exactly what to do, to tell someone what to do rather. So, I hired somebody who would build it alongside of me. It's still absolutely my responsibility and my system and we do it in the way that works for me, but she's got experience working as a, an executive assistant um, and also working for other entrepreneurs. So she's got a pretty good idea of how things should work to be effective. And so I've been really leaning on her to help me with that. But at the end of the day, the responsibility lies squarely with me about what those systems 
look like and what I want them to feel like and what I want them to do for me and ultimately for her because I want to make my assistant's life easier as well. And so having your system set up is going to be really vital. You don't have to have things fully in place before you hire an assistant. And it's important that you do have things somewhat established and somewhat systematized before you think about hiring somebody. Because if you're running around chaotic without systems and and how you do everything is in your head, what you're gonna find is that your assistant is not gonna know what to do and you're not gonna know what to tell them what to do because you haven't actually thought about it, it's just in your head. So when you've taken the time to put a system on something, so let's use an example from one of my clients, Tracy, who is an investment advisor, and she has a client intake system that originally was in her head, but once she got it down on paper, she was able to hand it over, including the booking of the initial appointments and follow-up appointments to her assistant so she didn't have to take time and energy to handle appointment booking, to handle the process of which emails got sent to clients at what stage of the journey, which documents were they gonna be asked to review or sign. All of that was written out in step-by-step formula. So anybody coming into the position would then be able to just look at it and she could say, there is my operating manual for how to do client intake okay so when you have that in place it's really easy to replace an assistant who for whatever reason leaves you sometimes they get pregnant or sometimes they decide to go back to university or any start their own business any number of reasons why they might leave you and you want to make sure that your system is in place so that you can then set someone else up for success okay So that's just one example of a system that you can have in place before you bring on an assistant. Obviously, the point of having an assistant is to allow you to scale your business. You're going to be able to do things you've never done before once you have an assistant. But there's those things that you've already been doing. Let's get some systems in place and get them logged so that you already have those set up for somebody and you're not wasting time and money getting those uh, in place with a, with a VA or an EA, okay? So the two things that you need to do to get ready before you hire an assistant, your job description and your systems, at least get them the systems somewhat up and running, you can get them fine-tuned with your VA. Once you've done those things, and only once you've done those things, then we can start looking for somebody with relevant skills. And relevant skills and experience in the industry. Now, it's not essential. Like, my VA has no experience in the coaching industry. However, well, that's not even true, actually, because she was actually working for one of my clients who's a coach when I discovered that she was starting her own business and was actually looking for more clients. And and I've since referred her to three or four, maybe five other coaches. So she's now an expert in, in working with people in the coaching industry. And so she didn't have that to begin with, but she's really open to learning. So yes, experience in your industry is valuable, but even more valuable than experience in the industry is a growth mindset, a willingness to learn, and 
natural problem solving abilities. One of the things I love about my sweet, wonderful VA, Emily, is that and virtual assistant is what VA stands for, by the way. Uh, some people ask me that. What I love about Emily is that she takes initiative to solve problems. So if you're a VA or a want to be a VA listening to this podcast, taking initiative and offering solutions rather than waiting to be given instructions is going to help you to grow your business and help you to help your client be more efficient. And that's how you end up with five referrals to other people. Actually, probably seven because there's like four or five um coaches that are working with her and, and a couple of my realtor clients are also working with her now. And so the, I'm just realizing how many people are, are working with my VA and I want more of her time. So I'm going to stop referring her to other people. So you're gonna have to find your own, but this is what you're looking for. You're looking for someone who is a problem solver, who is good at communicating, who after a meeting says to you, okay, just to clarify, these are our action steps. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what you're doing. We're going to meet again at this time. This is when they need to be done, right? Um, basically, in short, someone who asks, what does done look like? I love that phrase. When you're managing a team or, um, or even if you're working with a, a leader who's asking you to do something, asking that question, what does done look like, just makes everything so much easier. So that's a question to use definitely when you're working with a VA. So you're finding somebody who is experienced in the industry, possibly who has relevant skills, who has good communication skills and is open to learning. And once you've done that and you find somebody that just has a, an energetic fit, just feels good, right? That, and you may have to try a few people out and give them a trial basis. And so I definitely recommend that when you're looking to hire a virtual assistant um, or even a part-time assistant, that you give a couple people a try and, and when you do give someone an opportunity that you tell them this is on trial. We're going to work together for a month and we'll see how it goes. Or we'll work together for three months, depending on what their policy is. They, they you know, we want to negotiate this. And sometimes it takes three months. Sometimes it only takes a month for you to know this is not a good fit. So make sure that you set up clear agreement about how much time they're going to be on probation for before you say this isn't working or, hey, this is working. Let's lock this in a little bit longer. The other thing you want to be really clear on too is how many hours you think you need. Now, I actually didn't know how many hours I was going to need Emily for when I first hired her because I'd gone from working with a few other VAs that I tried to work with that just, it just weren't quite a fit. They were lovely people and it just wasn't a fit for what I wanted to do and what I needed and the kind of support that I needed as I'm growing into a leader who is familiar with and comfortable with giving instructions to an assistant. Now I had an assistant before I shared an assistant when I was on the real estate team and to be fair, she wasn't really an assistant. She was our team manager. So she actually really helped us to know how to best take advantage of her services and her support. Um, while I learned a lot from working with Anna, shout out to Anna. While I learned a lot from working with her, I still had to learn a lot about having my own assistant and setting that up in my own business for in a situation where it wasn't, it wasn't shared with someone else running someone else's uh, systems already. Okay. So 
Coming back to what I said, I was saying, got off tangent there. Knowing how many hours you need, you may not know. So what I recommend you do is really think about this person, right? They're running a business too, and they are they need some security. And it's good for you to set some time and say, okay, I'm gonna give this person five hours a week or four or 10, whatever suits you. And you make that your intention to make sure that person has enough work. And you can always revisit it if it's not happening. And I do that with when I first started working with Emily, I said, okay, I think we're gonna do five hours a week to start with. Um, Cause I didn't know how long it would take her to do things. One of the things that a mistake that I've seen so often, I've made it, I've seen other leaders make it. We tend to underestimate how long it takes somebody else to do something. Okay. Or overestimate how fast they should be at doing something. And so it's really important to learn from your VA, from your assistant, how long tasks take, because obviously the things that I hate doing, they take me longer than they take her because it's actually in her zone of genius to do all that background tech support setup stuff for all the things that have to happen behind the scenes to make my online workshops happen. She does all of that stuff probably 10 times faster than I could ever do it. And so I might say, well, I need you to do an hour, but it could take her 15 minutes to do the things that it would take me an hour to do. So we had to learn how long it took her to do things. I've had VAs where they've taken incredibly long time to do things that I could have done faster. So that's another thing to watch out for as well, right? If, if you can do it faster and it's not in your, not even in your zone of genius, then maybe it's not the right fit. So start with the set amount of hours and you can always adjust. Right, give it a try for a month and see if you can fit if it works. And if it doesn't work, then you can add or subtract. Um, but I find generally for starting out, regardless of the business you're in, you're looking at least three or four hours a week if you're really serious about getting this started. But I think five is a really good place to start as well. Okay, um, and then you also can look at your budget too. Like, what is your budget? And that may also determine the amount of hours that you want to put on. But I also want you to keep in mind that a really easy trap to fall into is, oh, but if I pay this assistant, then I'm spending money and I shouldn't be spending money in my business right now. I want you to flip the switch on that thinking and remember that paying an assistant means you're buying back time. So time that Emily is spending setting up the back end bits and bobs and pieces of my workshops and marketing the workshops and setting them up, I give that to her. It means I'm not doing it after dinner on a weeknight or in the middle of an afternoon on a Saturday. So I can buy back my time. Or even more importantly, I can be doing things that only I can do, like recording this podcast or recording training videos or meeting with clients or meeting with prospective clients. There's lots of things that I can be doing in that hour that I've paid her for that will generate a lot more revenue than I am spending by hiring her to do those things. So keep that in mind if you're feeling hesitant about investing in a in a, an assistant, because often we'll think that, ooh, I can't invest yet because I don't have the money. But here's the thing, sometimes investing first actually frees you up to generate more income for your business, which can only mean wonderful things for your life, right? All right, so that's something to keep in mind. 
So there you have it. You know the steps you need to take to get ready to hire an assistant. Do your job description, look at your systems, decide what your budget is, and then start finding somebody who is going to fit the position, who can do the role, who has the experience, the skills necessary to do the role, and set clear agreements with that person. Remember, we've got the Agreements versus Expectations podcast a couple weeks ago. You can have a listen to that to learn about how to set really clear agreements with your new assistant. And once you've done that, you can learn how to make the most of having an assistant so you can leverage your time and your investment to create more freedom, more wealth in your business or with your business, okay? So hiring an assistant will definitely require some upfront action. And I find that many people want to avoid this kind of action. And I tell you this, when you avoid that kind of action, you stay in that place of spinning your wheels and being in that do-it-yourself mode, I'm just gonna do it, and then you wonder why you're tired all the time and why you're feeling overwhelmed and maybe a little bit burnt out. And so if you're willing to do the upfront work to get yourself ready with your job description, your systems, and getting really clear on your budget and how much time you wanna have support with and why it is you want an assistant and what you wanna get back from them. Right? Are you wanting to buy back time? How much time are you wanting to buy back? Like getting really clear on those things will help you to be ready to hire an assistant. And I get it, if your default setting is like mine to do everything yourself, that might be the first block you need to get over before you even do any of those other things is to really clear that mindset block that it has to be hard and you have to do it all yourself in order for it to be okay. And you know, if that's a mindset block you have, then I invite you to reach out, let's have a conversation about that and get that stuff cleared for you so that you can actually clear the path and give yourself permission to create more freedom and wealth and impact with your business. So let's clear that limiting belief that you have to do it all yourself because it really is holding you back. What I can tell you for sure is that when I slowed down and took the time to get really clear on what I didn't want to do in my business and what I wanted to get back in my life and I found the right person to do those things for me, my life and my business got better. My life began to feel more spacious. My business began to feel more spacious and energizing. And I already love my business. And there was a lot of things that were kind of holding me back. You know, I was doing what I could do and doing what I needed to do, but there were things that I really wanted to do that I wasn't doing because I was getting held back by those tasks that were not in my zone of genius. So it became more fun again. And I was able to then focus on the things that only I can do, which means that I have been exponentially increasing my income and my impact ever since I brought on my new VA. Okay, because I have the right one now. If you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't even know where to begin asking for help, try starting with the job description exercise that I shared today. And if even that seems like too much, I invite you to book a 20 minute call with me and we will Take a look at what's going on in your business and I will point you in the right direction. You can book a call with me by going to my website, www.stellarlifeproject.com. Listen, you expanding into the fullness of all that is possible for you is what you're here to do. 
You might think, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for that. Let me tell you, you're listening to this episode today because the title caught your attention. You're like, I want to know more about that. And I can tell you one thing for sure. You might not be ready to hire an assistant today, but I know for sure you are ready for the next step. It's your time to shine. It's your time to be stellar. Let's get you started on that path by taking that first step. Book a call and we'll point you in the right direction. Keep being stellar and I will see you again really, really soon. Bye for now.